Hello and welcome back to Cryptonauts to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Jabarelli, and unfortunately both Blockchain John and Cryptolissa are out still. Uh, uh, Cryptolissa was out at uh, Bitcoin 2022. I'm really looking forward to getting her report back as to what happened while she was gone. And uh, well, Blockchain John, as far as I know, is out of the country and a much deserved and well-suited vacation it's two-week vacation oh man it's been a long time for me since i've had a vacation that long little jealous but i'm sure he's having fun i was told he was going to visit family and he hadn't seen them in a very long time so glad that he gets a chance to go do that so since i've got no one to talk to i'm going to say today is april 10th sunday it's a little here in the afternoon um didn't have anybody i had to meet with so got to do this on my own time but uh, let's let's get get over the top ten daily stats, as uh, you're probably all aware. I'm gonna do a ref- quick refresh here. <laughs> the whole market is kind of down right now. So starting out with Bitcoin here in the first position at forty three thousand one hundred ninety two sixty six U.S. dollars, a loss of about six percent, and a market cap of eight hundred twenty one point zero billion. Dollars. Uh, it's not looking pretty, although there's a slight upturn you can see here in the last 24 hours. We did go up a little bit, 2%. Market was recovering just slightly, but I have a bad feeling it's going to continue going down again. Ethereum is in second place at 32.8826, a seven day loss of nearly 5% in a market cap of $395.9 billion. Ether, stablecoin, third position, currently $82.5 billion. And a market, a 24-hour volume, which is still more than both combined combination there, Bitcoin and Ethereum, but $34 billion volume, but still pretty low. You can see that this uh, this huge drop where we had Bitcoin and Ethereum is kind of leveling out, and it's not there's not, not as much transactions going on, so the volatility isn't very high. Binance BNB currently fourth position, 427.69, two percent. Seven-day loss, not a whole lot of loss there, and a $71.9 billion market cap. USD coin is in fifth position. It is also a stable coin, so it doesn't move very much, although you do see here a seven-day loss of 0.4%. It's it's just there's a lot of trading going on, as you can see here. A market cap of $50 billion for USD, but not a lot of trading relative to USD Tether, that is. So, sixth position, Solana. 114.89. It's a very large, over 10% loss in the last seven days at 13.1, and a 37.6 billion dollar market cap. XRP or Ripple currently in seventh position at 70 76.9 cents or 0.769 US dollars, a 6.6% loss, and a 37.0 billion dollar market cap. Very very close to Solana. Would not be surprised if they switch positions in the near future again <laughs> so cardano is currently in eighth position dollar seven 1.07 us dollars eight percent loss over the last week and a 34.1 billion dollar market cap not that far away from ripple terra is currently ninth position luna is 95 dollars and 41 cents and 17 ouch 17.3 percent weak loss they're honestly the biggest loss in the top 10 and a $33.9 billion market cap. Not that far behind Cardano currently. Although with that kind of fall, I can see it. Them also possibly playing flipping back and forth between the two. 
Avalanche is currently rounding out the top 10 here at 80 or 80, a slightly over 10% loss, 11.9% loss in the last week, and a $22.7 billion market cap, which is actually quite a long ways there from Terra. And then just as I mentioned, all the other things, so we actually got some gains here. Doge has gone up quite a bit. Uh, also, um, actually, those are both stable coins. So 11th is Polkadot, 12th is Dogecoin, which was actually, I think, previously behind these two stable coins. Binance USD, Terra USD, and then Shiba Inu Rep at the top there. All of those losses, the only non-stable coin that has made any gains currently is Dogecoin, probably because Elon Musk, right? Who, 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 <laughs> who does the most promotion of Dogecoin out there that we know of? Elon Musk. Okay, there's also the Brazilian air. Um, which I have only recently learned about, but a uh, fan who put 90% of his entire net worth into Dogecoin and became a millionaire. So he's the Doge, the Doge father, the Dogecoin millionaire. Anyways, yeah, there's another one down here. You can see near near protocol is also making huge gains. I am interested to see what happens. That's it's outside. When it hits the top 15, we'll talk start talking about it a little bit more often. All right. Uh, appreciate if everyone's. Uh, watching us listening to us on youtube uh, we we do appreciate when people give us a thumbs up but we haven't gotten much more than the top 10 so if you want to wait till the end and give us a thumb up there we appreciate that nevertheless you can always subscribe to our show uh through youtube as well as through anchor which is just the audio version but uh, youtube has uh, gives us the ability to produce more and we really appreciate all those who are willing to appreciate us by giving us a like. You don't have to do anything else. Just hit the like button. And if you'd like to hear more, you can always subscribe and hit the notification bell to find out when we post. This being Sunday, we also post on Wednesdays. You can check us out on Discord. We have a lot of activity going on there. A lot of different coins that we're talking about on a regular basis. You can also collect the C3 Media token by going to the C3 Media or Economy sec, uh, channel within the Discord server. You can support us on Patreon, as well as through Binance, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Bat, and Raven token. There's also a Cointree link in the description, which shows all the links that we have affiliates with, as well as the donation links. Cointree, for those of you who are interested in the future or doing a show like ours, can use Cointree as a link for crypto enthusiasts. So, on to the news. Oops. <laughs> We don't have a lot of news as it's Sunday. Sunday doesn't tend to have a lot of news. There's actually only about five articles I could find so far. But uh, let's just get into it here. VanX CEO. Blockchain technology will completely revolutionize Wall Street. This is a lot of what the news is uh, this weekend. By Dimitar Zanzaroff. This is, uh, by all these articles are read through Crypto Potato, which we've been using now for, I think, two, two three months. Jan van Eck, Chief Executive Officer of the Global Investment Manager van Eck, believes the cryptocurrency industry will continue its progress while blockchain technology will completely revolutionize Wall Street. However, this will not happen so quickly as it requires constant collaboration with regulators, he added. In a recent interview, van Eck's executive predicted that the blockchain technology could completely reshape the operations of the leading financial institutions. I think he's probably onto something here. Jan van Eck, I know it says Jan, but I believe it's pronounced Jan, noted that 
This transformation might take some time as watchdogs need to greenlight every step in the space. He touched upon the non-fungible token universe too, calling it a, quote, phenomenon. Here's a quote from him. It looks like blockchain technology will completely revolutionize Wall Street. The only reason it's taking so long would be the regulators. The whole NFT phenomena, I mean, I'm wowed by all the technology. That's positive. CEO raised hopes that the predominantly crypto-friendly stance displayed by some European nations will give the industry another boost. The only exception, according to him, is the United Kingdom, where the authorities are not in favor of digital assets. Another quote, Germany is crypto-friendly. Switzerland, the continent, amazingly, is very crypto-friendly. The UK, it's, you know, it's kind of black and white. It's very negative. I guess it's not black and white, it's more black. But despite the Bank of England bashing comments through the years, Britain's finance minister, Rishi Sunak, recently expressed positivism Positivism? Positivism, yes. Toward the crypto industry, specifically, he wants his country to become a global hub for digital assets. Sunak also asked the Royal Mint to create a non-fungible token. Last year, the investment giant was expected to receive approval to launch a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund, or ETF. However, the SEC halted VanEck's ambition, citing investor protection. The agency argued that the investment manager could not cope with previous issues which were des designated to prevent fraudulent and manipulative acts and practices. In his recent interview, Jan Van Eck revealed his disappointment with the SEC's rejection. He believes there has, to be, has been no collaboration between the financial watchdog and his company. The executive does not think this will change in the foreseeable future. Here's another quote. The regulators have made up their mind. They don't want to know until jurisdiction is clarified. Nothing happened last year, zero aside from enforcement action, and nothing is going to happen this year. And I bet nothing happens next year. I mean, at this pace, nothing is gathering velocity. <laughs> so I, I can see his disappointment with this, and it's, it's, it is. It's disappointing to me as well. Um, but he's kind of already in that financial sector where he's already in the space of regulation. And so as much as I can see why he would be disappointed while simultaneously enthused, I think he sees the writing on the wall as being the future is blockchain. So we'll have to see. I think he's already pretty well off. All right. This happens a lot since I'm using privacy mode on uh, Brave. Next article. First U.S. state to adopt Bitcoin will make huge gains. This is an opinion editorial, so not just news. But this is from Wesley Wessemore. Wesley Messamore, pardon me. The United States could lose its preeminent financial and political influence in the world as other sovereign powers make haste to legalize and adopt Bitcoin as their reserve currency. The threat to America is not merely a matter of leaving an increasingly plausibly enormous amount of money on the table. Bitcoin is the largest ever deployment of strong public key cryptography in history to secure a financial system that is growing parabolically. The cryptocurrency has innumerable use cases for fundamentally reordering and securing the world's energy infrastructure. Joining the Bitcoin hash power and and accumulation race is a matter of modern cyber warcraft. 
Strong cryptography has always in practice been a weapon of warfare and is legally regarded by governments as armament. This is an arms race, but one that has potential to function as a pipeline for the animal spirits of war, from conventional kinetic warfare that ends human lives to cyber warfare conducted on the digital layer of our global society, with real and substantial means of cold deterrence as a hoped for effect in international affairs. Indeed, those who understand it have good reasons to believe Bitcoin is the best detergent detergent, pardon me, deterrent <laughs> to a shooting war, which has historically been part and parcel of global financial competition and inextricably intertwined with the US the politics of the US petrol dollar since the atomic bomb. In fact, while holders of Bitcoin can say can probably do anything they want with it, including buying conventional arms and financing a war, the Bitcoin financial system itself cannot be used to finance war the way central bank fiat currency has been used by governments throughout recorded history. The question is, which U.S. state will lead the Union to adapt to the inevitable disruption of Bitcoin's ascendancy on the world stage? Over the last two decades, Microsoft rested on its laurels and watched Google build the software for mobile and capture as enormous amounts of profits from it. Bill Gates says losing to Android was his greatest mistake ever. Standing by and watching El Salvador, Mexico, is it El Salvador, Mexico, or just El Salvador, or the two countries, El Salvador and Mexico, and other nations, do the same with Bitcoin. Could be a mistake with far many zeros on it for the United States and interests of its citizens. But more and more U.S. policymakers are getting savvy about the importance of Bitcoin. The first state to take the initiative and make a major push for rapid Bitcoin adoption is El Salvador's Nayib Bukele is doing. With uh, will like, pardon me, let me read that again. The first state to take the initiative and make a major push for rapid Bitcoin adoption like El Salvador's Nayib Bukele is doing will reap enormous financial benefits and make its residents richer very suddenly. U.S. corporations that have made uh, that bet have profited handsomely in a short amount of time. Quote, if I had picked gold instead of when I bought Bitcoin, we would probably have about $250 million in gold, and our shareholders would have missed out on a 4 or $5 billion, or 4 or $5 million. MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor at Bloomberg Intelligence event Bitcoin 22 conference. Which state will be the one to go first? It's unlikely that, uh, unlike, it's unlikely those like New York and other mid-Atlantic states will because they are so invested in the Federal Reserve System. California is a mixed bag of openness to tech innovation and established materialist, uh, materialist interests. The residents and businesses are more likely to adopt than the government. Florida could be it, with an eye to overtake its large state peers in financial preeminence. Miami's mayor would also certainly have it so. Other smaller southern states like Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, or Tennessee would have much farther to run from where they sit economically today, and so perhaps a greater incentive to join the Bitcoin race with gusto. Their historical distrust and distaste for centralization of political power in the federal government on the basis of regionalism and a doctrine of state sovereignty 
as old as the union itself, would, likely, would make them likely candidates for official Bitcoin adoption as well. Bluer states with an independent streak and penchant for social innovation, such as New Hampshire, Colorado, Nevada, and Oregon, are also places where a drive for policy measures to ease and encourage the adoption of Bitcoin would make sense. Nevada would particularly find many use cases for cryptocurrency beneficial for its unique economy. Colorado's pro-crypto governor and former U.S. congressman, Jared Polis, has, also, has already successfully led his state to take measures to encourage the flow of Bitcoin to the centennial state. So yes, this is a op-ed here from Wesley Mesimore, but I don't think he's wrong. I think he has lots of good points about what could benefit each state. Uh, I, I know, as, as I believe as of right now, Nevada is not super enthusiastic about cryptocurrency, and I do know that California isn't against it. They don't seem to stand against it right now. They're just kind of like, yeah, do what you want. But I think they're also waiting for a result that suits them properly. All right. Continuing on with Twitter information. New Twitter board member Elon Musk suggests adding Dogecoin payment up. And I wonder if that's why he paid $4 billion to join Twitter. Hmm. Elon Musk, oh, this is from Jordan Lanchev, pardon me. Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and the Boring Company, <laughs> purchased a 9.2% stake in Twitter, which became known recently and was appointed to the board of directors shortly after. Now, the billionaire made several propositions to the social media giant's paid subscription plan, one of which sees the implementation of Dogecoin payments. As reported by Crypto Potato earlier this month, Musk filed documents with the Securities and Exchange Commission showing that he purchased over 70 million Twitter shares, making him one of the two largest Twitter stockholders, TWTR. Days later, news broke that the billionaire became a board member and suggested significant improvements for the platform. Twitter CEO Parag Agarwal welcomed the move, saying Musk will bring great value to the board. He just did. He bought $4 billion worth of your company. It didn't take long for Musk to outline several positions in a series of tweets, not officially, but tweets. <laughs> yes, technically it is official because it's Twitter. He suggested that the subscription price should be lowered from $3 to $2 per month but paid 12 months upfront uncertain uh, under certain conditions. And here are these tweets from Mr. Musk. He also wants the pricing to be proportionate to affordability and in the local currency, as well as removing all ads for subscribers. It's not a bad idea, I think. Lastly, Musk proposed that the addition of Dogecoin as a payment method, he argued arguably the he is arguably the most influential supporter and the first ever meme coin of the first ever meme coin and has highlighted his belief in the asset for years. Aside from being a Doge investor, Musk has taken the every opportunity to praise the cryptocurrency and even one of the company he's runs, Tesla, accepted Dogecoin's payment. Rather, accepts Dogecoin payments. Oh man, that would be a lot of Dogecoin to buy a Tesla, wouldn't it? So far, though, there's no response from the Twitter officials. Well, he's a stakeholder now. They kind of have to listen to him. It would be interesting, though, to see Do uh, uh, Dogecoin slash Elon Musk. Sorry, I know that's the same thing. Take over Twitter entirely. That would be a lot of money. Although I, I have a feeling based on Elon's total asset value that he could literally buy the company out. I don't think his, invest his uh, advisors would advise him to do that. 
But last I heard he was worth over 100 billion and I'm pretty sure Twitter's only worth 40. So he could potentially do it. It'd be a good chunk of his income. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, so Elon Musk and Twitter stuff. Continuing, we can watch. I'm not going to read this whole thing. I'm just going to read the, the, the headline here. Bitcoin maintains a 42,000 Monero. It's actually 43. Monero uh, at three-month high after 8% spike. Let me see if we can go back and find Monero here. It, it did jump a lot. I know we've been a partial holder. There it is. Position 35. 242.36 as of that. Let's see. Refresh it here and see what happens. 35. Ah, it went up even more. So 13.9%. 4.3 billion dollar market cap. Look at that climb. Look at that. What else is nothing? Nothing. Not not even Dogecoin is making a climb like Monero is right now. So oops, I just passed it here. That is a significant climb there. So yeah, Bitcoin is down a little bit, but Monero is way up. Let's see if it hits 300. That'll be awesome. Scientists finished sequencing the human genome. Here's how blockchain can fit. It's another op-ed from Wesley Messamore. The Human Genome Project started in 1900 by 2003 with 92% of the genome sequence. The project was declared complete. Wow. This, year's, this year, tech advances have finished with the other 8%. Blockchain tech like NFTs can use the information from the marvelous project to build new, better biotech products for humanity. The achievements of human DNA research were published in the journal Science on Thursday. The UC Santa Cruz-based Telomere to Telomere T2T Consortium, an open community-based effort with a team of nearly 100 scientists, announced it's ready to present the complete human genome for the first time in history. The open, peer-reviewed, project-focused humanitarian community of scientists has an ethos that many in the NFT industry and broader cryptocurrency community would find very familiar to their own motivating principles and mode of collaboration. The roadblock researchers hit in 2003 was, rather the roadblock that they hit, was they had finished sequencing the euchromatic DNA that was is lightly, pardon me, lightly packed in constant and constantly in transcription. Because of this, it was easier to sequence using the latest methods. The remaining 8% is heterochromatic, tightly packed, and less accessible to transcription. It's like a cryptocurrency proof-of-work hashing problem with a higher difficulty calibration during times of increased hash power on the entire, say, Dogecoin, Dogecoin network. Now, the scientists can read what's going on in the heterochromatic uh, human DNA, they've found it's very important to human health and evolution. CNN's Tasnim Ahmed reported Thursday that Evan Eichler, the T2T project leader, said, quote, it turns out that these genes are incredibly important for adaption. Well, yes, adaption. They continue, they contain immune response genes that help us to adapt and survive infections and plagues and viruses. They contain genes that are very important in terms of predicting drug response, end quote. Using the completely sequenced human genome, blockchain technology like smart contracts and non-fungible tokens can help power the next wave of biotech innovation to create real solutions to support human health and extend human life. 
The cryptocurrency industry's fast-growing and extensive toolkit of powerful capabilities can aid in getting more genomic data to researchers' hands and protecting, oh, pardon me, while protecting ge genomic, is it genomic? genomic data privacy. Namely, these are storing, tracking, and securing information for clinical trials and fast-track development of vital tools and therapies by creating financial incentives for networks to lend computational power to research efforts. And blockchain for science, Alfred C. Chin says blockchain can do, uh, I guess I should be more clear, save it, and blockchain for sciences, that's the uh, magazine, Alfred C. Chin says, blockchain can do more for biotech and medicine. Because of its rigorous and computational efficiency means of record keeping, blockchain can be used to trace cancer cell lineage and mutations. Quote, a cryptographic hash function can map a single-cell omics signature to a dimension-reduced fingerprint of the cancer. Such processing is realistic given the substantial progress made in computational methods for multimodal integration of single-cell omics data. Man, I'm, I'm sorry for tripping over all these words. Blockchain's relevance to biotech medicine is not merely a theoretical hope in the 2020s. Last year, Corzant Technologies' Patrick Yop wrote a profile on Louisville, pardon me, Louisville, Louisville, <laughs> I can't pronounce the thing. People who play that game, rip me a new one. Louisville, Kentucky-based Invitech LLC, a leader in biomanufacturing, and how the biotech firm is pioneering the use of blockchain tech to simply securely, simplify, secure, and scale lab operations. It even found a way to turn its state-of-the-art downloadable microfluid chips into NFTs. Given the rate of cryptocurrencies advancement, it's not the technology holding up the deployment of these peer-to-peer -peer databases for medical applications, says Technology Network's Rakesh Joshi. He cites a report by innovate, innovation consulting firm Prescouter, authored and authored by the company's technical director for the healthcare and life sciences, Dr. Charles Wright. Quote, the consensus option is that changing the mindset of private, public, and political leadership for adopting blockchain technology of the requisite change is management in management is the single greatest hurdle facing blockchain deployment, end quote. If true, that means it's not the technology that's lagging. It's the knowledge, understanding, imagination, and belief of the leaders interesting, interested in unlocking nature's secrets for the benefit of human health. Now, I'm personally not that interested in medical science, but I do agree with the ideal of using blockchain to hold the records of this information. Blockchain is extraordinarily complex. DNA is extraordinarily complex, and it may be quite fitting, in my opinion, to associate blockchain with the research and database management of DNA, as well as health records. And one thing, and I've said this to John in the past, that it would be incredibly valuable to tag one's uh, medical records to an, a blockchain of sorts. Now, it doesn't have to be a public blockchain, or it could just be a blockchain that's encrypted, which is entirely possible to do. Now, I know there's arguments that saying, well, if it's on the blockchain, it means people can read it. Yes, that's technically true. But if it's encrypted well enough, it may not be something that someone is going to be able to, you know, read. They can have it, they can't read it. 
Now, is it possible that eventually somebody could get into it? Yes, but that would be true of literally any database that exists. Um, your data is never safe unless you only hold it. And of course, then it's up to you as to how you hold it. And if, if you want to make it easily distri distributable, then blockchain's a really great way to do it. And the reason I say this is not so much about security, but it is about consistency. The advantage of blockchain is that as long as the blockchain exists, we don't have to worry about whether or not the company that stores your data does exist. So if you stored your data with a, a hospital or company that disappeared, your records are gone. But if you store it on blockchain, unless the blockchain stops, your records won't stop. So it's not, it's, it makes it an independency factor. You don't have to depend on a company that can disappear, or for that matter, that you don't have to pay a company to make sure that your, your records continue to exist. You don't have to worry about their management of it. I hope that this is a thing that happens in the future. Continuing with the news. Bank of America, crypto can, uh, this is what they say, crypto can outperform stocks amid potential Fed-propelled recession. Oh, this is brilliant. From Jordan Lyonshev. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies could outperform bonds and stocks amid a potential recession, noted Michael Harnett, B of A's, or Bank of America's, chief investment strategist says. In a recent note, he argued that the U.S. Federal Reserve new policy could push the country and most of the world into such an economic state. After years of trying to fight the consequences of COVID-19 pandemic, enhanced expansion of its balance sheet, which is now around $9 trillion, the U.S. The, pardon me, U.S. A central bank changed its tune at the start of 2022, meaning that after more than doubling its balance sheet since March of 2020, the Fed decided to start reducing it, with some reports suggesting that it could shed up to $95 billion worth of assets per month. Citing a note from the Bank of America's strategist Reuters reported that the, micro, the pardon me, macroeconomic picture is deteriorating fast and could lead to a recession for the world's largest economy. By using strong words like inflation, shock worsening, <laughs> inflation shock worsening, rates shock just beginning, recession shock coming, uh, yeah, it sounds bad. Harnett warned bank clients that most assets will meet massive volatility, yet some, such as bonds and stocks, will underperform others. In fact, the bank backed several... Uh, several horses. In fact, the bank backed several horses to come up on... Okay, this is just a, an analogy I've not seen before. The, the bank backed several horses to come out on top amid the potential recession, cash, commodity, and interestingly, cryptocurrencies. Oh, yeah? Four. For those following the cryptocurrency industry and the general approach from Wall Street toward it, Seeing Bank of America choosing digital assets as a potential as potential top performers could be quite surprising. In fact, it wasn't at wasn't all that long ago then Bank of America, along with countless other banking organizations, took frequent jabs at against Bitcoin and the entire field. We won't mention the change of heart moments like for names of like JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and Citigroup. Let's focus on that of Bank of America. After years of ignoring the asset class, B of A asserted, that's Bank of America, in March 2021, 
that Bitcoin is highly volatile, making it impractical as a store of wealth or payments mechanism. But then came the summer of 2021, and reports emerged that the bank had set up a cryptocurrency research team. The change of tune sentiments intensified days later when it became known that B of A had launched a Bitcoin futures trading service. How quickly they change. The bank's U-turn was solidified in October of that same year, half a year after bashing Bitcoin. I guess they just didn't see the writing on the wall. In another paper at the time focused on digital assets, B of A researchers called Bitcoin important and referred to the whole industry as too large to ignore. Oh gosh, that sounds familiar. Uh, too big to fail. Sorry, that was 2008. Since the bank has even praised some other networks and, and their respective native coins, such as Solana and Chainlink. Doth protest too much. I don't know why that comes to mind. It just feels like they, ha they take this stance because they get asked a lot of questions. And they don't feel like they know enough about it. So they're just like, nah, it's not really a thing. But, you know, Warren Buffett... Other people like him are still kind of bashing, even though Warren Buffett even turned tail recently. But it's, I would go so far as to say it has to do with the speed of the action. Uh, traditional banking institutions don't like things happening too fast. They do like the money, but they don't like you know gaining or losing money quickly, unless it's all gain and no loss. I, mean, I think that would be true of anyone. But they need to understand what they're getting into before they get into it. And I would say they are even moving faster than me. It took me several years to actually decide that Bitcoin was, or that cryptocurrency in general is a good idea. Now, that was almost a decade ago for me. But I'm also not a big financial institution worth billions and billions of dollars. So, yeah. I'm, I have to admit that I'm a little bit concerned about this recession talk. And there's really no telling it. I think the one thing I'm, I'm going to make a prediction now in, in this show, and I've made other poor predictions in the past, which blockchain John can certainly account for. And that is if Bitcoin becomes, or I should say when Bitcoin becomes the global currency and a recession happens, it will not be a recession just for the U.S. It will be a world recession not to say the world hasn't had a recession before, but it's usually just been Western countries. If Bitcoin becomes that world coin and something foul happens that causes a lot of turmoil due to greed, which is, in my opinion, the only way that recession ever develops is out of greed or some kind of greed bubble, will crash the entire world economy. Fortunately, we don't have to just rely on Bitcoin. There are lots of other coins out there. Continuing on with another article about Bitcoin. Bitcoin could be the future of Hollywood, says Warner Media CEO. Everybody's turning around. Dimitar Zanzarov writes this. Jason Keelar, the CEO of Warner Media, who prepares to leave the company, argues that the future of Hollywood is blockchain technology. In his view, the backbone of the crypto industry might also present new forms of financing. Like BFA just got done saying. The cryptocurrency sector, and specifically blockchain technology, found another proponent in the likes of the American businessman Jason Keelar. In a recent interview, the current CEO of Warner Media, Media said the digital ledger technology could transform the entertainment industry. 
He also expects the process of acquiring non-fungible tokens to be simpler. Killar compared blockchain technology progress and its potential to reach Hollywood to the DVD wave in the 90s. Quote, I think that's going to be a potential wave that's going to be coming to Hollywood in the same way that the DVD came to Hollywood in the 1990s. Obviously, the changed, uh, that changed the economic future fortunes stumbling over the, I apologize, of a lot of these companies. The American has a long track record. The, the American has a long track record of working with the digital technology and pushing its further acceleration. He served as an executive for the e-commerce giant Amazon from 1997 to 2006. In 2007, he helped found the streaming company Hulu, eventually becoming its CEO. In May 2020, Hilar was appointed as the chief executive officer of Warner Media. In the following years, though, the film industry was significantly affected by closed theaters and surging online competition due to COVID-19 pandemic. Earlier this month, he announced he will be stepping down from his CEO role in the face of a soon-to-be-completed merger of Warner and Discovery, Inc., Another former member of Hollywood movie industry who displayed his pro-crypto stance is Adrian Greiner, Greiner, pardon me, the star of the TV series Entourage, argued that the digital assets can fix a lot of the systems that are currently are broken currently and are quite wasteful across all industries. Yeah, this is a, I agree with him there. He also opposed the critics of Bitcoin mining, saying that the crypto isn't just a thing that uses energy. In his view, the asset class could transform many sectors into being more efficient. Quote, if you look at the global net benefit, I think it's a positive one, end quote, he claimed. Last year, Grenier predicted that Bitcoin might replace fiat currencies like the U.S. dollar. Quote, you're going to see the adoption rate increase exponentially over time, but you're also seeing Bitcoin as future dollars. A truer statement could not have been said, in my opinion. And I know that's not part of the article, but uh, I would like to make a point that he's not just right. I'm going to make another prediction based on this article, of course. But in in the sense of Bitcoin becoming the global currency, it will, I believe, overtake the U.S. dollar as the de facto currency for the world. And then we will not be quoting you the price of Bitcoin in U.S. dollars, but rather U.S. dollars in the price of Bitcoin. I think right now, or at least it was very fairly recently, uh, it was 2,500 satoshis to a dollar. So we'd be, we'd be saying, what's the dollar worth now? Oh, 2,500 satoshis? Oh, it's only worth uh, 1,000 satoshis? Oh, it's only worth uh, one satoshi? Yeah, I see that going that direction. I don't know how soon it will happen, but I, would, I don't feel afraid of making that prediction. Ah, yes, more advertisements. AC Milan teams up with BitMEX to launch its first ever NFT. Really, with BitMEX. I thought they were all being sued out of oblivion. From Shani Kideka. Derivatives focused, focused cryptocurrency exchange BitMEX has teamed up with AC Milan to release limited edition non-fungible tokens. The proceeds will be used to support the non-profit organization Fondazioni. I think I hope I pronounced that correctly. It sounds like an Italian word. Milan. Linked to the wider scope of the soccer club's corporate responsibility and sustainability. 
The latest initiative is European soccer giant AC Milan's first ever NFT venture as it explores new ways to engage with its international fan base. Over 500 million people. It's quite a lot of people who like uh, football. As per the official announcement, AC Milan has unveiled a new NFT project in collaboration with BitMEX and FanC. I'm guessing that's similar to OpenSea. The club has put a limited edition 3D NFT with a special Rosanari jersey from South Sudan on sale. The proceeds will be directed to support the NPO's charitable initiatives worldwide and would also include its efforts to help alleviate the humanitarian cost of the war-torn Ukraine. The 3D NFT in question is created by a platform called Fancy. I'm guessing it's Fancy or Fancy, as in like F-A-N-C-Y, but also Fancy being fanatics. Anyways, with the help of sustainable tech, interest interested fans can buy one or more of the 75,817 certified pieces of digital memorabilia starting on April 14th. Following this, users can access the 3D NFT on the app version of the platform after its launch two weeks later. Limited edition NFT represents a torn AC Milan jersey of a boy in South Sudan that made its way to a Milan museum. The special jersey was discovered by Danish photographer Jan Gradop when he visited South Sudan to document the effects of floods in the landlocked East African country. The photographer reportedly met the boy in his Milan jersey, bought him a new one, and took the worn-out Milan jersey, which was donated to his to the club. Subsequently, it was put on display in the Mondo Milan Museum wow, at Casa Milan, the Rosanaries HQ in Milan. The team noted, quote, Thanks to AC Milan's partner, BitMEX, which has committed to contribute to the project by making a donation to the Fondazione uh, Milan through the purchase of a large number of the special NFT, the first 10,000 fans to pre-order the NFT will also receive an additional benefit which allow users to get trading discounts and other benefits on BitMEX.com. Last summer, AC Milan signed a multi-year partnership with BitMEX to be its first ever official sleeve partner. As part of the deal, both men and women's playing kits will feature the logo of the digital asset exchange. Collaboration also makes BitMEX its official cryptocurrency trading partner under which AC Milan's fan base will be able to benefit from all exclusive offers of the derivatives exchange. I'm glad that Bit, Bit, BitMEX is making a, turn, a comeback. <laughs> um, and I'm glad to see it. It's with a upstanding company such as AC Milan. As far as I know, not watching, not, not much of a football watcher here, so I'm not super aware of what goes on there in Milan. So I don't have a lot to comment about. But this last article I find to be very interesting. Dimitar Zanzarov writes the title, Russians collectively own over 130 billion dollars worth of crypto prime minister mishutsen claims i hope i pronounced his name correctly mikhail mishutsen stin mishutsen mishutsen russian prime russia's prime minister believes that russia's russian population collectively holds more than 10 trillion or 130 billion dollars 10 trillion rubles 130 billion dollars worth of cryptocurrencies 
He assumed that most of these individuals were from the younger generations. Yeah, because they, they have a lot of money. <laughs> Apart from being in the global spotlight due to special military operation in Ukraine, Russia, has, Russia also makes the headlines in the cryptocurrency space. The authorities of the largest country by landmass have been predominantly against Bitcoin and the altcoins in the past. Earlier this year, the Bank of Russia proposed the implementation of a total crypto ban inside the nation's borders. I don't think that's probably what's happening. It feels like propaganda, sorry. Later on, numerous officials, government officials, started softening their tone. At one point, even President Vladimir Putin said he sees potential in the sector, especially in cryptocurrency mining, as it could grant Russia certain competitive advantages. No doubt about that. It's also worth noting that the asset class is a highly intriguing niche for the local population. Several reports disclosed that, disclosed that it became an even more preferable investment instrument after the Western world imposed crippling financial sanctions on Russia due to its military conflict in Ukraine. In a recent appearance, the Prime Minister of the country, Mikhail, which I'm not going to butcher his last name again, claimed that residents own more than $130 billion of digital assets. Forgot the billion in there. To, uh, according to his estimations, the total number of hodlers is around 10 million, primarily young people. Interestingly, the, this represents approximately 7% of Russians, Russia's population. Quote, We are well aware that we have more than 10 million young people having open crypto wallets so far on which they have transferred significant amounts of money, which exceeds... 10 trillion ruples. According to Mikhail, the Prime Minister, assumption that Johnny Tickle, a British journalist who formerly lived in Moscow, he said the numbers are not surprising since many Russians focused on Bitcoin after the ruble sank last month. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Here is that tweet if you're watching on YouTube. The previous estimations. In February, Kremlin estimated that Russians collectively on more than $214 billion worth of cryptocurrencies. It's weird to hear Russians say that in dollars, but I guess it's just, like I said, it's the world currency currently other than Bitcoin. The figure represented around 12% of the total value of global asset holdings at the time. Furthermore, the government claimed that the number could be higher as some traders conceal their crypto activities. Yes, they certainly do. Shortly after, Anton Sulianov, Russia's Minister of Finance, opined the figure is significantly exaggerated. In his view, local investors hold not more than $26 billion worth of digital assets. still find it funny. I know that we're writing it in English, and maybe it's just a nice conversion here, but it, it still strikes me as odd when Russia uses dollars <laughs> to report their value. But I think it's because, at least as far as the world goes, a lot more people are familiar with it. Now, um, I, I'm personally somewhat interested in trying to convert. Let's, let's just do a quick conversion here using our trusty CoinGecko and convert with the expectation of $130 billion to Bitcoin. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so even though there isn't actually in the world currently $130 billion, actually, no, there is more. Never mind. Because, um, right, the, the total value, total value of all uh, Bitcoin right now is uh, almost a trillion dollars, so 820. Let me refresh real quick here. 
812 billion dollars worth of Bitcoin worldwide. How much Bitcoin are they saying they hold? Three, slightly over three million. So Russia thinks they hold three million Bitcoin worth of cryptocurrency. But the actual estimate, estimate was 26. So he's thinking more like 600,000 Bitcoin. Still, um, I know it sounds strange to say it in Bitcoin when US dollars is far more recognized, but uh, this is a cryptocurrency chat. So I think we can say it. <laughs> so yeah, um, it would be interesting at some point. Let me just let me just do that, as I said before, that, that estimation here. What's $1 worth of, um, there's four zeros there. So almost uh, 23, oops. No, I don't wanna do this. 23, nope, 33. 3395, 3395 Satoshis is the current value of a US dollar. So there you have it, folks. US dollar is worth slightly over or basically 3400 Satoshis. It's a weird thing to say, but anyways. All right, well, that's all the show we got for today. I don't have anybody to, to converse with about concepts here. And as much as I would like to, it's hard to talk to people when they're busy. So thanks for listening in. If you, uh, if you liked our content, we appreciate you listening this far into the show. I totally understand if you drop out right now. <laughs> but uh, we'd appreciate if you like the show and you know subscribe if you'd like to hear more. As well as hit the notification bell. We post every Wednesday and Sunday, today being Sunday, the April the 10th, as I said at the beginning of the show. You can check us out on Discord. Collect your C3 Media tokens and talk to us directly. You can also get us on Twitter, which is something you can definitely find Cryptolissa on often, as well as John Blockchain John. You can support us on Patreon if you like, and you can also support us through direct contributions of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Bat, and Raven, as well as various other tokens. All that information is in our Cointree link in the description below. I will say, as John often does, that uh, at the end of the show, we always say, stack stats and huddle. Adios. <laughs>